When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If you have a TV, you must have a TV license. It's the law. Choose the convenient option and pay online anytime at tvlicense.ie your tv license made easier brought to you by the government of ireland welcome along to the ludamud.com podcast this is the latest installment of the globulous outpouring we have the audacity to call a rugby podcast while somehow still keeping a straight face i am lee calvert and my usual partner in misanthropy josh is on holiday this week uh, no doubt currently ranting about welsh rugby to whichever poor bugger in florida happens to be standing next to him um, so, off the subs bent comes regular best guest, all-round top man, and some say the most urbane man ever to come out of the gower since Harry Seacombe accidentally put his wife's knickers on his head. It's Mr. <laughs> Paul Williams. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, Lee. How are you, sir? I'm very good. It might not be the evening if you're listening to this, but, you know, hello, anyway. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> yeah. You can get in touch with the pod um, at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com. And how do people get in touch with you, Paul, should they wish to? Um, at the Paul Williams on Twitter, that'd be cool. Rugby World column coming out um, in a couple of days. Do you do them once a week, or is it more than monthly that? for Rugby oh, World? Right. I've got yeah, monthly on there, and then covering all the sort of test games for Wales and what have you. If you want to listen to us, which you're already doing, you know that we're on iCast, we're on Apple Podcasts as well. Thanks for everybody who listens. Thanks for everybody who rates us and reviews us. That's really good. We will begin as we always. We begin with the player spotted. Got a couple this week, Paul. Uh, Maya Soul got in touch via my DMs on Twitter, which are open. He said, um, I know it's usually player spotted, but I have for you a commentator spotted. We've given up on player spotted. We're quite accepting the yeah. fact that it could be anything. My wife and I came down to breakfast at a hotel in Pembrokeshire and spotted. Oh, yeah, yeah, sounds nice. And spotted none other than the dramatic voiceover enthusiast and French pronouncer, Eddie Butler. He ordered some poached eggs on toast. His phone kept going off, and it was quite distracting. I didn't, I didn't want to disturb him, so we left him alone and ate our breakfast. They had homemade black pudding. 
Really? Yeah. Excellent, excellent, Eddie, and excellent mundane details, Maya Soul, there. I like that, yeah, especially the egg detail. That's top spotting. You can't see this, though, gentlemen, but we've got a bit... Right. This is like the BBC News interview, is, but not, but not quite as... But, but obviously it's not a visual medium, this so... my little daughter. Say hello, Rosie. Hi. Right. Hello, well, Rosie. Okay, I love you, baby. <laughs> So that's uh, yeah. So Eddie Butler spotted in Pembrokeshire, probably maybe not that much of a surprise. Uh, Welsh boy Mick got in touch on Twitter as well, and he said, "I saw Wales's leading try scorer in European Cup competition this weekend. Who's that, Paul? Dav Trivia? James. Dav James, correct? Yeah, he saw Good David. Mind, Dav. Is he David James queuing for the self checkouts in Tesco? He had what looked like a healthy food trolley to go with his healthy suntan glow. I've no idea why he didn't grab the zapper and do the self scan." Maybe he doesn't have a club card, Welsh boy Mick says. That boy, you know right, him. Does he, in... does he have a club card? you know him? Oh, my God. That boy, right, is in better neck than any professional rugby player you've ever seen. He's got body fat of a 2%. <laughs> How old is he now? About Seb 38 Cole now? fatter than Dave James. Um, he's about, I don't know. Yeah, he must be 40, uh, sort of 42, 43, 44. All right, that's that old, is he? God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just to, just to finish off, Welsh boy Mick says, I'm fairly certain he had shorts on too. Like any former player of that era, on a rainy Welsh April day, standard. I tell you what, if you had calves like him, right, you'd be in short <laughs> yeah. all day long. Does he shave his legs? He looks like a leg shaver. Oh, he is absolutely. He's like he looks like the Venus de Milo, but with arms. <laughs> Right, so that's Player Spotted. You can get your Player Spotted to us on Twitter. It's usually a long one, Player Spotted, though, so you can do Lee at bloodandmud.com or in the DMs. Let us know if you've spotted a play. I don't know, maybe you've seen uh, Gary Graham struggling to get his card into the machine or something. Um, shall we move on to some news? Quite a lot of news this week, Paul, it must it's be been a big. It's been a big week. There's a lot of news going on. What have you got there, Lee? I've got, well, first of all, because we don't talk about women's rugby enough on here, Saracens have won the first ever Premier's 15s final this weekend after they topped the table as well. So quite a dominant yeah. performance from Saracens. Do you think that's why the men's team are doing a bit less well this year? Because they've like pushed all the programmers onto the women's unit. <laughs> to actually, the like, money into yeah, or you know, the people who run that massive like hive machine that controls everything <laughs> there has just been doing the women's <laughs> bolt on this week. Do you know what? It's such good news for rugby. Though. It really is, yeah. You know, I have I have chats on Twitter all the time now about. Funny enough, I had a chat last week um, with a, a lady who's a, she's in charge of sort of she's a commentator on Sky in New Zealand, right? And she used to play sevens for um, Samoa. Chatting about, and I think that women's rugby is more entertaining at some levels than men's. I don't you know, disagree it, with that. Actually, I think there's right. there's something about it's like men's rugby about 15, 18 years ago. Well, you know, exactly. And it it's I find it more enjoyable, right? There are more spaces, I think. And the biggest thing is not such a focus on contact and power. And the big thing is the kicking distances. So if you look at, you know, in the men's game, obviously it's slightly more powerful. So kicking the, the ball mm. away is beneficial. In women's rugby, it isn't. You know, the, the gain is marginal. So they, they keep it in hand more. I think it's far more entertaining. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't watch it as much as perhaps I would like to or should do, really. But, I mean, certainly the, the World Cup final that England won against Canada was a great game. A great game yeah. to watch. Totally. And women's sevens, you know, that you know it, it's like women's tennis in a way, particularly on grass. It's more enjoyable to watch. Rallies are longer because um, there's less focus on power and a bit more focus on skill. Yeah, so congratulations to them. And we hope, you know, I think we all hope that it continues into next year and the year after and the year after and the year after, basically. So yeah, well done to start. Saracens. Uh, 
speaking of things we hope to continue or maybe don't or will continue, uh, it's finally been confirmed this week at last that Premier Sport have officially got the Pro 14 because it was rumoured for a while and now it's finally there, isn't it? £10 a month, I believe, which some people are not happy about at all. Oh, my God. Do you know, if you'd seen my Twitter feed today, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Right? People moaning. And I can understand why people are moaning. You know, it's been taken off free to air. It's £2.50 a week. Right? That's half a pint of Peroni in a posh bar. It is. Right? In Cardiff. or It's about about a quarter of a pint if you go to one of them craft beer places. Exactly. And I like to work in units of Monster Munch. So, (laughs) it's basically, it's it's four packets. I'm going to write that down. Because I've yeah, got to use so that again. That's my u- my new unit of time and currency. So it's four it's four packets of, of grab bag, which are about eighty pence a week. You know who's going to miss that? Well, depends if they're flaming hot. You might miss them. <laughs> no, that's a very good point. But you know, two pound fifty a week. You know that I think that's really good value. It's all going to be in HD, which it wasn't. No, it, that was one of the biggest grumbles, wasn't it? That it wasn't going to be in right, HD. Yeah. Under the previous broadcaster. Um, and you know, and every game is you know going to be broadcast. I think it's a really good deal. And you know, th- there's a big argument about whether the increase in money is enough to reduce the um, the sort of level of exposure. But I think it is. You know, the Pro 14 needs money now, and that was the right solution. The uh, I suppose that's the thing. Is it? Is it? Ev- it's, it's an interesting question. The South African stuff aside, have you reached kind of critical mass now with Pro 14 people who watch? Is it ever going to go up? So there's I a point so. which you have to say, actually, this is the amount of people that watch. So what it's about is actually monetizing the amount of people that watch rather than going on this fool's error. It's like, a bit like Rugby League. Rugby League have kind of realized that, you know what, this is kind of what we've got. So we need to work. How can we make it work and make money with what we've got? Yeah, do you know, I think it has reached a critical mass, particularly in, you know, you look at Wales, the population is pretty small, similarly with Scotland. So they've got to eke out revenue streams from wherever they can get them. And that money needed to come in now. You know, I, I don't think the Pro 14 can wait any longer for cash injections that, you know, the top 14's pulling away. The Aviva, you know, is heavily, there's a load of cash in that league. There's, you know, a few little suspicions. That's about doing, plenty of, doing plenty of good in terms of their balance sheet, though, isn't it? Christ. Well, exactly. You know, you look at Saracens, right? Their operating losses are massive. But Welsh rugby needed that money. Scottish rugby needed that money. Irish rugby less so. Italian, you know, obviously needed that money. And the South Africans needed it like nothing. So um, it was a good move. And I, I think it's, it'll, be for the, it'll be to the benefit of the league. It's 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 Jiffy. I feel sorry for he might he might be down to only about four punditry jobs now. Now this is gone <laughs> to Premier. He's probably going to go. Anyway. They'll, they'll probably take him on, won't they? He's freelance, isn't he? So Do you know, it's funny. It, I saw Jiffy yesterday, and um, you know, the, he's he's such a marquee name. He can work anywhere. That's true. You isn't know, it? There, there's not there's not many guys like him in the game. You know, who've done league and union to that level. You know, Jonathan Davis can um, he can pick up work anywhere. What else have we got on news? Some quick silver out players. George Cruis is out the England tour and the increasingly uh, bedraggled and ripped to pieces England tour. The tour of doom. I know, yeah. They'll have to take... There'll be loads of joke caps given out, won't they? I know. In five Especially... years' time, they'll go, you got an England cap? Yeah, but do you remember what tour that was on? It'll be that one. Well, exactly. It'll be, like, also... it'll be like the 98, the, the, the horrendous tour in 98, won't it? Oh, my God, yeah. But it'll Actually, be... generally, I'm actually quite worried because South Africa are looking like they're getting their act together again. We've got to right. go there and play them. We're a little bit. We're not playing well anyway, and we're a little bit depleted. Uh, it's 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 going to be an interesting summer. And their teams look stronger. 
They do, don't they? Yeah, you, generally speaking, yeah. You know, and they're playing so, um, nice rugby as well. They are. I th- it'll be an interesting... I'm looking forward to watching that, actually. And it kicks off at a reasonable hour. You don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning. That's the thing. It. And you haven't got to start drinking at six in the morning, unnecessarily. <laughs> you don't, yeah. You don't ever have to do that. You know that, don't you, Paul? But yeah, that's... You do when you've got skinny lad <laughs> in the fridge. In the, well, indeed. Because you can drink as much as you want, never put any weight on. But yeah. Right then, so what else have we got? Tyler Morgan staying at Dragons. Despite of everything he's seen, he thinks this is for me. So he's, st- he's sticking it out there. But do you know what? There's a little subtext, I think, with Tyler Morgan as well, because he's no longer on a dual contract. So that means that he's no longer sort of one of the darlings of the Welsh squad. Because I think that was money unnecessarily spent at the time. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't think many teams were looking at Tyler Morgan, and he's been injured an awful lot, so he's got a lot to prove. I like him actually, though. I do like Tyler Morgan. I, but he's yeah. a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, but he, <clears throat> I think there was a lot of hype about Tyler Morgan when he started, um, and I think he's still got quite a lot to prove in the Dragon shirt, let alone in you know in the Welsh squad. So I think it's a good it's a good retention for the for the Dragons, but it's also money well spent. That you know, it's it's not a national deal contract. I suppose, again, it's a good thing to set up for next year for Dragons because obviously everyone is now just going. Well, we've written this year off. That's a pass. Next year, you've got this player, you've got that player, you've got this, you've had a year at it. You need to get a lot fucking better, basically. Well, and you know, and you are right, you know, a lot fucking better is exactly the point. And I think a lot of people have been disappointed this year with the way they've performed on the field. And it, it's been awful. I think Bernard Jackman would admit that readily. But an interesting, it's not even a stat really, and it's its sort of anecdotal, but they've released about 15 players from that squad um, and only one of them has been offered a new deal anywhere, right? So, you know, they weren't offered deals in the championship in England, you know, sort of, so that none of them have been offered pro deals. So I think it's a, a little bit of an, an indictment on the squad that was there and has had to be cleaned out, to, you know, to make it fit for purpose. And he's with a bit of luck, point, isn't he? he said they weren't fit enough, and they, they weren't good enough. Is what he's and effectively they weren't, saying. And, yeah. and, and I think I admire Bernard Jackman for saying that. You know, he's taken a lot of stick this season because they have been awful. Um, maybe the way that it's been handled, you know, sort of personnel-wise, maybe that wasn't the right way to do it. But he's had the big clean out now, and there are some better players coming in next season. You know, Aaron Jarvis signed this week. Mm the Dragons you know he's been at Clermont he was a tidy prop and he was playing at the at the Ospreys so with a bit of luck now some they'll solidify their, t- their front five and then they have got some stars coming in you know you've got you know yeah, Moriarty and yeah and Jordan Williams and Rodri Williams so there's a bit of a bit of depth coming in hopefully it'll be better next year otherwise there'll be more changes um, speaking of people who've got something to prove Sam Hidalgo Klein is off to Scarlet's which is an interesting sign. I've, I've always, I don't know what happened to Hidalgo Klein. I always quite liked him when he's come off the bench for Scotland and he just, he just disappeared. It's a good, it's, well, it's a good signing for Scarlett. Also, he gets extra points for looking like a pound shop Antonio Banderas, Sam Hidalgo Klein. <laughs> You've got a lovely way of words. That's fantastic, yeah. That's very accurate. Do you know what Antonio Banderas is in English? What? Tony Flags. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say James Haskell. No. Tony Flags. Doesn't sound so sexy now, does it, ladies? <laughs> Tony Flags. Tony Flags. Sounds like a stand up yeah. comic from Doncaster. Yeah, anyway, or the- someone knocking out like cheap stuff at a football game. <laughs> yeah. Well, only in Wales, though. Tony yeah. Flags, yeah. That's very good, one. yeah. Said, yeah. Oh, where are you going to get your, your merch from? Oh, Tony Flags, then. <laughs> yeah. um, but well, you're yeah. right. And do you know, and Hidalgo Klein, is, he's a perfect example of how success breeds success. Players like that would never have gone to the Scarlets four or five seasons ago. Mm. You know, with international expectations, maybe sort of second spot 
um, in the test team. You know, players want to win stuff, you know, and they want to be in the Champions Cup, and it's a really good move for it's, both. Yeah, and it's um, it's interesting how where does he line up then? Is he behind he behind, behind Gareth Davis? And but is he ahead of Aled? That's the no, but Aled's gone to the Ospreys. Oh, has he? Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Aled Davis is off to the Ospreys. So oh, um, he'll, he'll be number two. Yeah, yeah. Gareth Davis will be away with Wales an awful lot. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's so pretty, even better signing then. Yeah. Perfect signing. Uh, Speaking of signings, uh, back row of South Africa, Yako Creel has gone to Gloucester. Now, this is not that noteworthy, other than the fact that the press release and the news report says that he's gone there, and it's really mysterious. This is going to be like the most shit mystery you've ever heard in your life. It's like the world's right. shittiest Bond film, right? Because it basically just says he's gone there on a contract of undisclosed length. I love that. It's, it's he, like, did they actually ask, how long's the contract? I'm afraid we can't tell you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He, the contracts of which the length we do not speak. He could theoretically die. At Gloucester, <laughs> maybe that's he? what it is. Maybe yeah, he maybe signed his. Good. Maybe it's a kind of you know Mephistopheles type deal. He signed uh, everything over. Yeah, and he'll be about eighty-five playing front row in the garden. No, you're not allowed to leave yet, Uncle. <laughs> Reminds me of that League of Gentlemen. Remember the downstairs toilet at the League of Gentlemen, the uncle's there, <laughs> into which we don't pass solids. This is like <laughs> the contract of which we don't discuss the length. God love him. But do you know what? It's such a good yet yeah, again. You know, and it, it is weird how Gloucester. You know, Gloucester had a more successful season this year, but they attract a lot of good players. You know, and that South African connection with your Ackerman. I love Gloucester. <laughs> I think I know, they're, I what, they're kind of what rugby's all about for me. Gloucester. Yeah, there's something, yeah, drama, something slightly tragicomic <laughs> about them, but they can be very good. The big and hard historically are quite like that as well. You know, it's kind of yeah. fans are great, good ground, really traditional place. I really like. You know, I'm not a fan, but uh, you know, I, I don't support them, but I do like them a lot. And the beat with Gloucester is those supporters turn up regardless. They do, don't they? Yeah, every year, man, it's unbelievable. And I mean, and they, I mean, you talk about people who've had a shit time of it, nearly teams and stuff. I mean, they were just so close to it. If you go back 10 oh. years, unbelievable. Nearly gone. But uh, yeah, they're doing really well. And a good friend of mine, Lance Bradley, actually, who used to work at Mitsubishi. So he's just become. Um, oh, he's the MD, wasn't he? I've seen yeah, that. So yeah, he's become a non exec director now. And that's a shrewd move. He's a, he's a clever bloke. Finally, news wise. The worst kept news in the entire world, the worst kept secret in the entire world has finally been let out, which is that George North has signed for Ospreys. That's not really news. The biggest news was the teeth-scrapingly awful way in which they announced it on Twitter with this pretend WhatsApp video, which was only about 25 seconds long, but seemed much, much longer when you watched oh, it. God. I, it took me three watches to get to the end <laughs> because like, I that? turned it off. Okay, and, or I kept thinking, what's the gag? As, what's going on? Yeah, as, as, my, as my internet frozen, I think that I meant. What's going on? So it was, it was weird. It was really weird in light of what happened at Ulster. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> it was, I don't know, there were lots of, I don't know, you said, some of the people who were in charge of social media for rugby clubs, I don't, I'm not it's sure. all that stuff about having a two-minute video to announce a lineup. You know, when you're playing zebra or something. You know, it's like who the fucking hell's going to watch that? Just, just give me something. You know, plan on a page. You know, that's yeah. all I need. Thanks. And I think the average attention span, right, on a bit of live media, sort of live content, is about 15 seconds. So why they keep doing it over a minute, two minutes is yeah, it's beyond me. But that was weird. 
Because all you do is, because you know the press release has gone out at the same time, you just basically jump straight to whatever news is just going to report in a normal way, wouldn't you? Yeah, or look at the tweet above and just go, George Norris at the Ospreys. Although Josh seems to have a theory that it's all about pivoting, pivot to video, pivot to video. He's he's not a tongue and centre, it's an actual thing. Pivot to video. Yeah, it's because you have to then click on something to go and actually... They'll have a link to their website. So you go, I'm not fucking watching this. And you click on it and go through to the official website. So yeah. it's all click, click, click stuff, I believe. That's a new term to me. Yeah, indeed. Well, you know, Josh, he knows these things, doesn't he? Yeah, he's into it. That's why he's Some... in Florida. That's... Down Miami Beach, raving up. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. Now then, what else? that's news-wise. That's all we've got. Well, quite a right. bit there, wasn't it? All we've got was shitloads. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a shitload. I love coming on this <laughs> What have we got that we learned from the weekend then, Paul? I'll start us off. Did you see the Bordeaux Racing 92 game? Yes, I know what you're going to mention. Well, well, there's a few things in it, actually. But the first thing for me was, obviously, the French Football Federation only see windpiping as a penalty <laughs> offence now. No. Did you see that Mohamedou Diaby? He just he yeah. he ran straight at Classens and basically throat punched him on yeah. the run. It was like a move out. Have you seen the film Rollerball with James yeah. Carr? It was like something yeah, like that, wasn't it? I know. I don't. Do you know? I've never I'd never heard the term windpiping until I, you mentioned it in a DM to me once, and I've never forgotten it. Windpiping and throat punching. Yeah, it, that was unbelievable. Because you can kill somebody. And doing it wasn't that. even an open. I mean, some because I mean, like, you think about James Hook. A lot of people have that kind of strong arm fen, yeah. don't they? That push out fen. Piston like. Yeah, fend. but he did, yeah. he did, but he didn't even have the he didn't have the good grace to open his arm. He literally just no. had his full fist and you think he hit him on the chin first when it slid down into his neck yeah. well he punched him in the Adam's apple basically <laughs> fall out. while he was running full full power <laughs> exactly. no it was gorgeous it depends on where you fall on the sort of player welfare scale that was either amazing <laughs> or, or I actually only sort of like because when I saw, I saw him go down I thought what's happened there then they showed the replay and I actually you know when you kind of involuntarily laugh out loud because it's just so yeah. unbelievable what's just it was, what a, you... it was a horrific <laughs> And yeah. yeah, and then they looked at it about five times and went, "Yeah, that's just a penalty, that." Exactly, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to discourage that kind of thing, do you? Not exactly. really. Carry on. Give me your gitan. <laughs> yeah, there was a French ref. He looked about eleven. <laughs> I'm getting old, obviously. When refs and policemen start looking young, they say, don't they? And doctors. He's probably about twenty-six. He probably was. Yeah. What did you learn from the weekend, Paul? You got anything there? Well, the bit, the most boring, but. Most, the one I was most interested in is Los, Los Jaguares winning in New Zealand. So it's their first ever win in New Zealand, which is a big thing because, you know, th- there's a lot of negative sort of publicity in Super Rugby about the lower teams. And I think for the Argentinian franchise to win there, admittedly against the Blues, who, you know, I think I think Ta- I know Tana Momaga is a legend in New Zealand, but I think he's on massively thin ice down there. <laughs> You know, to win down there, again, they've got a good squad of players, not necessarily a, a, a good coaching setup, but for them to win down there is a, is a really big deal. Um, so I thought that was. Well, fantastic. they've got us together this year, actually, because I mean, to be honest, they were like a joke for quite a lot of time. I mean, literally, they didn't, they, even, they didn't even look like they trained. They looked like a tour team. They just just got given the ball and go 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 have some fun, lads. Exactly. Well, they looked like the sort of tour team I used to go on, where you so had to they... drink half a bottle of sherry before you were allowed to one. <laughs> Yeah, right. And then, then you go on and start throwing shit around. So you've got that going on, and then in the middle of all of that is Lavanini trying to kill people, exactly, or like exactly. break their leg off and eat it in front of them and stuff like that, which is basically. 
Do I think they've done well? And do you know, and equally well, you look at the Sunwolves now under Jamie Joseph, and they've improved massively too. So it's been a good week, even though they got thumped on the weekend. My mate, they, my mate they, sent me a video of Lavanini killing everybody. He said he's a disgrace, his fan. I said, I think he's fucking brilliant. Exactly. <laughs> he's my type of player. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just not, he just doesn't give a flying shit, does he? He's kind of no. hilarious. He, and the, the sad thing with him is, actually, it's not sad because he's great. But he could be, I think, one of the best locks in the world if he just dialed that shit down a bit because he's got everything else. He's got absolutely he everything the else. Cycle dial down to seven. <laughs> yeah, he'll be fine. from eleven. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so you're, and um, yeah, the Sunwolves will get their act together. And I think it is. Also, oh, I heard somebody, somebody tweeted this week: the Jaguars were looking to buy Wembley. And for a minute, I was like. This could be amazing. Like, have you seen their their mascot Haguardo that we love? He's a psycho. He's like he could be like running around Wembley. It'd be brilliant. But no, they went Jacksonville Jaguars NFL team. Uh, I, thought, I didn't think they could stretch to that. The Los Jaguars. That's a big budget for Los Jaguars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Must be Barely all that. Fly first class, those lads. Maybe they're getting on the premier the premier sport money. The, um, well, exactly. Yeah. So it was good to see them doing that, and it is good because the. If they the the thing is if they don't do well, Argentina don't do well because actually what you found last season was was that it seemed like a brilliant idea to have yeah. an entire squad that's also your national team until that entire squad starts playing like shit, and then the same people go to the national team with virtually the same coaching setup, and then you're fucked. And then they say, right lads, let's forget, <clears throat> let's turn it around. It's like, oh, you're sick of seeing each other, you keep yeah. losing. It must just be, and they're forever on a fucking plane, aren't they? It must be. You know, I know it's ridiculous to say it must be a miserable existence to be a professional rugby player, but I think for them it must be a lot of the time, genuinely. I think I think they've got the worst job of professional rugby players because, like you say, they're literally on planes all of the time. Yeah, there are only so many box sets you can watch. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, exactly. But there we are. So I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, and the other one, and this is a little bit sort of Welsh centric, but you can hear my accents. You always know where it's coming from. <laughs> But just the, the the month and the week that Cardiff Blues have had, weirdly, you know, they lost to the Ospreys on the weekend, but that was largely their second string team. Yeah, um, and, and the they, Ospreys uh, put their first team out, didn't they? Basically. Yeah, and they, you know, the Ospreys have got injuries. God, I, I tweeted that on the weekend, <clears throat> and I had a lot of the flying monkeys sort of descend from the Ospreys <laughs> set. Um, and you know, but that is a second team from the, from the Blues, and they played so well, and if. I just remember back to October when the season was just sort of getting going properly, when the players started coming back. Cardiff Blues, like, like they were going nowhere. Um, and now they're going to Bilbao. You know, they're in the Champions Cup next season. And they've got a load of really good young players coming through. So I thought it had been a really good week for them. And they're not the sort of club that gets much publicity anymore, weirdly, Cardiff Blues. Um, they've become quite unfashionable and they've sort of become the, the club to largely laugh at sort of once you've finished laughing at the dragons <laughs> so, so it's good for them to get you know they are back largely where they need to be now they're competitive and um it was really good to see so um yeah it is very good actually i've lost my notes now right where am i up to what have i learned for the week oh yeah speaking of staying in wales for a minute gareth davis doesn't think much of the dragons no poor, i saw pretty, that pretty poor form this isn't it really a little bit, yeah, because I think there's a there's an unwritten protocol, isn't there, when you're you're a I player. I think so. If somebody, you know, somebody said on Twitter, and I can't remember if I put it in shit good later on, but somebody said, imagine if Sexton had come out after the game against Scarlets last week and said, 
no their shit. standards fucking terrible, and this is a joke. Yeah, so I know. <laughs> there have been, you know, there have been pitchforks out and everything. So yeah, and, it, and there is an unwritten rule, you know. You, it's not like playing, you know, third division east in Wales. We could just say what you like when you come off the field. <laughs> you, know, you just can't, can you? You know, it's not like let's have a pie and three pints, and I'll just say and I'll call you or whatever, and then it doesn't <laughs> and work. Both like nut that. each on, other and go, oh, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. You're on TV, so. It was. I think he was a bit disrespectful, but there we are. He's done it. Yeah. Okay. You know, we can do that. He can't. <laughs> Basically. Well, we can say what we like. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah you know. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes, so don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security and together this Christmas we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. You know, the singer Lionel Richie? Yes. He had a dream, an awesome dream. Do you remember that song, Say You, Say Me? No. Oh, yeah, I do. Yes. The lines were, I have a dream, I have an awesome dream. People right. in the park playing games in the dark, which to me always sounded like dogging, which seemed like a strange dream to me. But um, he did. So, but nothing, not, no, that dream can't be as, now that was an awesome dream, as he said, but it's not surely as awesome as the dream that Aled Brew must oh. have had, or the dream that Aled Brew's life now is. Now, when you were the first on, oh, you, I don't know you were first on, you were on a while ago. We were talking about, you know, no brew, no clue, and the influence of Aled. And now, basically, yeah. it's not overstating facts to say he's basically Gandhi. To he bat. is. Yeah, <laughs> such he is. A, he's such an inspiration. And now it seems the players all agree with us that he's been voted Players Player of the Year this week. And we've learned that, you know, everybody is on board, on board the brew train, if that is a And, I, a and I would say in no small part, thanks to Blood and Mud podcast. Well, exactly, yeah. Where we lead, others follow. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he he's had an amazing season, and I I can't think of many sort of players who've had career turnarounds like that, particularly from Wales, where you literally go absolutely out of rugby. Which he and did, I didn't know he? Which he did, and he right? came and in was... quite early, didn't he? he? Had about eight caps, didn't he? And then he just yeah. went to Dragons and potted around for a bit, lost his contract. Apparently, only then... got only got the call up to Bath because somebody who's the Bath conditioning coach. Play, yeah, is the both their kids play the same mini rugby league? And that's exactly Ke- right. Um, oh god, Darren Edwards, right? So, and you know, he had a stint in France and then it looked like it was all over. And then he was drafted, I think he was playing at cross keys and you know, just sort of 
not a social rugby, but I think he was heading mm. that yeah, way. Yeah, for yeah. <clears throat> and then drafted into Bath and then play his player of the season. And let's face it, right, the most consistent player in that squad. Oh, and that... I mean, I know, mean to be fair, that's, there's, there's a bit of tallish pygmy in the tribe about that with, with Bath this season. <laughs> I mean, but even so, but even so... But, right, you know, they, they need more alley brews in Bath. You know, there's enough Jonathan yeah. Jones. Somebody solid who gives you seven out of ten most weeks. That's what you want every week, <laughs> yeah. right? And he and he's done that, and I'm so happy for him. And because he's this... 31 now, is he? Yeah, he's not old. I mean, some people come into rugby late, don't you? Hear those stories that they've sometimes been knocking around playing for Nottingham until they were 27 or something, and they come yeah. in quite late. But you very rarely, I say, especially in Wales, where this kind of foregone conclusion syndrome kicks in. Yeah. So no, I can't... suppose in a way, it's, it's testament to something like Blackadder coming in. And saying, I've got no baggage of this guy. I've just looked at him and actually looks like he could do a bloody good job for us. There's no like, oh, but he's Ali Brew, who, who was good seven years ago and he's now, everybody knows he's shit sort of thing. Well, exactly. But it would be like, you know, it's almost like I, I follow Zach Guilford on Twitter and he's now playing in Pro D2 uh, in France. And it would be like Zach Guilford, um, you know, becoming Clement Auvergne's player of, player's player of the year. <laughs> it, is that, yeah, it, is, it, yeah, yeah. it is that sort of thing, you know. So that's really good, man. Instead, he's watching his eyes and trying to not have his fingers bitten off in Pro D2 in France. Bless him. Oh, I know. God, <laughs> can you imagine? They bite, they bite your legs off and that, never mind your fingers. What a league that is. Have you ever watched any Pro D2? <laughs> not recently, but yeah, it was Jesus. always quite terrifying what I have done. It's like watching a documentary on cannibalism <laughs> with a ball just kicked in the middle. It's like watching Triple X Kabaddi on late night <laughs> yeah. Eurosport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Baddy on crack. <laughs> yeah, so well done, Ali Brew. We love you and we will continue to do it. You know, we said it first, so there you go. Exactly. Um, speaking of players who are perhaps misunderstood for years, Danny Cipriani, I learned, can still do quite a thing watching him at the weekend. You know, yeah. we st- still nobody takes the ball. When he's on form, nobody takes the ball to the line like him. No, no, he they don't. Takes the ball to the line, eyes up, sees every runner, picks the pass, yeah. you know. I know, and two hands on the ball. That's the big thing with Cipriani. Mm. Always takes it to the line with two hands. Very similar to sort of players like um, Reese Priestland, weirdly, who's got a similar sort of relationship with their test team <laughs> and his test team. But they, they have, yeah, you know, right, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. do. They, they have phases where they're unbelievable because they're so risky, and then phases where they sort of they come undone. But you know, I think Cipriani could do a little stint out of England now and. You know, I, I think his England days are over. As much as people would, you know, the romantics and all of us would love to see Danny Cipriani. It's not going to happen. You know, I, I think even his even his best friends would admit that's not going to happen now. No, because I mean, Jones would be around for two years. Who's not going to pick him? No. Then he goes, and how old is he then? Thirty-two. Exactly. And then for a ten, and then he comes him. in. Then Rob Baxter probably. Exactly. He'll fancy you know. Yeah. Probably, I can't see him fancying him. It reminds me of that ball in two hands thing. It always reminds me. Yestin Harris. Oh, when there's he came another to one. Wales. He, yeah. I remember the first six months he was in Wales, probably was playing 10 at Cardiff and stuff. And I used to watch him play for Wales once. And he ran at the ball. He ran at the line with the ball in two hands. And he fizzed a, fat, a, a flat pass. Yeah. And the ball landed on the floor about five metres in front of all of his back line. Yeah. And it was almost like he stood with his kind of hand on his head and went, what what, what the what fuck are you not doing there? Doing? <laughs> yeah, you exactly. should be like up here, you know. And yeah. there was, I mean, he wasn't perfect yesterday, Harris, but it's that mystifying thing. It was the same, you get this, it's the same with Farrell when he came over. I mean, he was old and a bit, it was weird. He was a weird signing, Farrell, because he was, he, he was playing prop at Wales by then, yeah. at Wigan by was, then. Exactly. And 
it's just like you've spent all this money and you don't seem to understand what you want to do with him. It's the Sam, and then the Sam Bur- it's, and Harris was the same actually. It's like, do you want to build an attacking platform around what this bloke can do, or yeah. do you want him to play ten like the other bloke? I don't understand why he spent all this money, and that's it's not a rugby league problem really. It's a not thinking it through problem. Anyway, there you go. That was a nice tangent, wasn't it? No, but it, you are right, though. And you you look at the best tens in the world, right? I always use this basketball analogy. Where in basketball, when you get the ball, they always tell you never when you learn in basketball, never dribble straight away. Because once you've dribbled and someone marks, you've got to stop. So then you you cease becoming a triple threat player, right? Mm. So you can only from then on, you can only pass and shoot. So the defenders come right up on you because you can't dribble. And all the best players are triple threat. All the best outside halves, you know, they can all pass, they can all kick and they can all run. And it's... You know, you look at Borden Barrett, he can do all of that. George Ford can. And it's the one, you know, Dan Carter, obviously. But then you look at the ones who fail to make it right to the top are the ones who can't do all three. Mm. And, you know, Cipriani can do all of those, just sort of not week in, week out, love him. I think late period Wilkinson's the exception that proves the rule, maybe. Mind you, he, could always, yeah. he was always better. That, 2001, up until he got injured... Well, when he was he young, was, he did everything. He was, you know, he would chip and chase. People forget. People imagine he just stood there booting the ball and stuff. It, it wasn't like that at all. Exactly. And, it, you know, the, it, you look at him when he was young, pre-injury, he could make line breaks like nobody. Yeah. So, there you go. We'll learn that. Uh, speaking of that Wasp game, uh, James yes. Haskell's comments after his, his card. We learned just so that I can clarify, what are, your, what are your feelings on James Haskell? <laughs> Because whenever I come on, I'm never quite sure. I refer you to every episode of this podcast and everything I've written since 2007 for your answer. If I look back and listen to them, I'll get a I think you might do. It'll come through subtext, obviously. All right, I'll have a look after now. Paul's literally taken a four-pack of John Smiths off the the shelf next to him and he's cracking another tinny open. Good man. I'm putting them into one glass. So, I mean, do you know what? I've kind of softened towards Haskell a bit recently. I thought his, his performance on the way he was on the Lions tour generally made me think a bit better of him. Yeah. But then again, he does tend to, he has these kind of hissy fit meltdowns, doesn't he? Yeah. And like, this is this was at the weekend, by the way, after he got a yellow card for what was it? He went in high ish. Then he put his arm kind of across, it was a seatbelt type one across the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And then the ref basically said yellow card. And this is what he said about it. Pretty emotional about that last penalty. I don't know what's happened to rugby. It um, sounds like I'm fading out at the right time because it's becoming a bit of a pathetic sport at the moment, I think. Mm. <laughs> what I like about that is, is that nobody's coming in to buy him, are they? No. So it's always like he's going, I don't want to, I don't want to play anyway. I don't care. I don't want to play anyway. It's kind of... Roslyn partner next month. But he does have a, that and the, the, you know, the, you know, look at you know, was it the, the Joe Marlon thing? Look at it again, right? Look at it again. He sprayed water in my face. Look at it again. There is something about it. He does have these kind of these hissy fits in him, doesn't he? And that's that's the thing I've never particularly... I don't want to say too much, but I've said this before. I never like people who've got a massive ego, but then get really, really upset when somebody pricks it a bit. I don't mind if you want to put yourself out there. Christ, I do it every week. But if somebody says to me, Lee, I think you're shit at what you do, I'll go, all right. Oh, right, Whereas yeah, he genuinely, fair enough, yeah. He, he, but he genuinely <laughs> seems to still want people to like him as much as he says he doesn't, and that's what I find quite irritating. But he, you know, let him get on with it. Well, and do you know what? It'll, it's a 
like you say, maybe it's not the, the greatest trait to have as a player, but it'll give him a post-career. Oh, that's the career. thing I'm dreading the most. He'll be everywhere. I know, but that, but I guarantee that'll happen. I know, you know, yeah. he's, you know, he's sort of outspoken. I think that what's, what I don't like about his comment on the weekend, we all know that some of these tackles are a little bit overzealous at the moment, the punishments. I mean, not the actual tackles. Mm. But, you know, it's not about the tackle that day. It's about where those tackles are in two seasons. And it's like, um, and, it's and not like you don't point. know now, is it? That's the thing. Exactly. And, you know, particularly with the seatbelt tackle, right, which is really interesting, because as I imagine, as of this summer, you won't see those again next year. Well, nobody picks they, anybody up anymore, do they? Because they give away so many penalties, right, for seatbelt tackles. Next year, it'll all be, right, if you're behind, either don't tackle at all, or you go ankles, or you go waist and down. And that, you leads, won't see and that leads on to another debate about what does that mean for rugby? And I can understand exactly. That. And, and, and that's and, the debate. And you know, but like you said, you know, nobody picks anybody up anymore. Nobody, no, nobody, nobody spears anymore, do they? Nobody even bothers exactly. trying anymore because they know it's look, just not worth it. And if you look back at spear tackles from like the 2011 World Cup, 2007, they look mental. You know, they look like something from a horror film. You know, you just um, you just don't see that anymore. And I think, you know, what would be interesting without the seatbelt tackle next year, when it's coached out of players this summer, is you'll see more offloads because players will have to go lower from mm. behind, right? Because they can't wrap over the top and round the neck. So players will be able to offload more. So I think it's a good move all around. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's the Haskell thing. It was a yellow card. The thing oh, is, definitely. It's this. It's that classic thing about. I know it's against the rules and it's fine, but I don't like what the rules do anymore. But no, we are no. where we are now, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Do you learn anything else on the weekend, Paul? You want to throw in before I finish off? My big one is that Kiwi rugby is still shitting out wings, <laughs> at, which is which is weird, right? Because they're called the Kiwis. And they've got such a wing production line, but they're named after a flightless bird, which I always find a bit weird. <laughs> Not even anyway. a fast runner like an ostrich. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, they, but and you know, and you just look at the guys down there. It's a, it's only recently, you know, we've just seen sort of Julian Sevilla, you know, move out of that role, and he'll end up in a massive contract in France soon. And then you know, we had um, Rico Awane, who's probably the best player in the world. Although at the moment he's really struggling because they keep playing up twelve instead of on the wing, <laughs> and then there are new guys down there. Whereas now. you said when you last on at twelve, he looks like you. Well, he does. He, t- <laughs> he, t- he does. He tackles like me, and he looks massively out of place. But there's boys down there now. So you know, there's Ben Lamb, yeah, um, and there's Wayanui and um, Ali Mola. And the other thing with those guys is that they're not just like you know, lots of uh, production uh, squads turn out wingers okay because they tend to be the smaller faster players like christian wade you know wales always churning out sort of small steppy wings these guys are all six three six four six five hmm. right so they're not just churning out the little quick guy who couldn't play anywhere else but can burn anyone these are six foot four six foot five athletes who can handle at super rugby level and are doing 111 and a half seconds. You think the, I'm assuming the scouting thing's changed now. That basically, as soon as you see somebody who's about 11 and looks like they're quite big and with a bit of a sidestep, they go, right, no, don't play them in the back row. Yeah, wing. Well, that's actually how they coach anyway. They don't really pick positions, do they, that early? But... No. But it's, you know, their production line down there is frightening. Then you got like monsters who are like that Fafita who plays blindside occasionally for the. Oh. It's just an absolute monster, isn't he? 
I know, and and Daffafita virtually every other week he makes like a sixty-five yard break, and he's playing second row. When he's playing for the All in the summer, he made a, he made a break, and even though it was illegal, I respected athleticism, but he he high hurdled a tackle, full tilt. Yeah, the wing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like, yeah, it is. It should massively be a penalty, but yeah, I still admire the, uh, the the sheer athleticism of it. It's incredible. Different, a different level. Final thing from me is what I've learned this weekend, if we didn't know already, and I think actually people did forget, is that Cockrell, Richard Cockrell is a bloody good rugby coach. Because if you look at what's happening yeah. at Edinburgh, yeah. Fraser McVean got in touch on Twitter and he said, is it, you know, good, good for him, we'll come to that later, is um, the impact of Richard Cockrell on Edinburgh. They were a shambles in a team of far less than the sum of their parts. Now they have real steel and could turn over Munster at Thoman Park. Yeah, and there's another play- there's another coach who had a massive clean-out. Mm. Right, you know, sort of the Bernard Jackman way at whether or not that'll work out with the Dragons remains to be seen. But Cockwell did the same thing there. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's incredible turnaround, really. The an interview with Stuart McAnally this week where he said that everyone has this opinion of him is like this, like, Obviously, every member's this eye bulging, and he can be a bit, you know, angry yeah. at times. But he said, what's interesting, he just he just sets a standard that you're not allowed to fall below. And he said, he doesn't scream at you. You know, no, in no. training, when you're throwing into the line-out, it's not right. It's just because you do that again, and you're going to keep doing it so you can do tell on the trot that are right. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like it's not like a screaming match, you know, you fucking no, use no. this. It's just like, no, you don't move off here until... <laughs> you, get get, ten of, you get 10 you of them get on the trot right. right. Or you're yeah. not coming off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah, and but again, you imagine he goes on there and scares the shit out of everybody, but actually it's not that. It's just I expect this standard, and you won't yeah. be here if you don't get it, I suppose. Yeah. And he's, you know, and I think, and it's, and it's not just about having that attitude and looking like a scary manager. It's working. Hmm. You know, it's um, it's not just empty rhetoric. And the last thing we learn, I suppose, is who's in the playoffs. Yeah, Exeter, home and hosed. Saracens, yeah. Wasps, and Newcastle are pretty much there now, aren't they? Can they be caught? They could yeah. be caught technically, but they're not going to be, are they? Yeah, they won't care. They're in. They're in and done and dusted. And it, do you know what? It was so good to watch Newcastle. Did you see that game, Newcastle, Gloucester? I tell you what. Hmm. You know, the way Newcastle, Newcastle played with a centre at 10 for about 50 minutes, I think. You know, in the rain where you need a proper kicking outside half. And how they won that game, I do not know. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's um, it's quite a story, isn't it? Yeah. Them and really Exeter, in a way, in the top four is what you want for your rugby, isn't it, really? Absolutely. Uh, shall we move on to... Oh, sorry. What's Pro... Sorry, I've not mentioned the Pro 14 playoffs just very quickly, which is... If I get this right, it's the top three from each... Top three, yeah. ...division, isn't it? So you've got Glasgow Munster Cheaters, mm. Leinster Scarlets, Edinburgh. That's it. Dragons, you think- Dragons just missed out this time. Yeah, just, <laughs> just at the bottom. But, you know, if you think that at the start of the season, the Cheetahs were such an unnecessary addition to the league in many's eyes, yes, right? Not yes. mine. Right, you know, they were sort of laughed upon and, oh, what, we won them in there. And look how competitive they've been. You know, when they've got their players in, they're straight into the playoffs. You know, Ulster aren't in there. There were loads of big sides that aren't in those playoffs. So it, it's been they've been a fantastic addition to the league. Let's move on to shit good, shall we? Oh, mate, right, here we go. <laughs> what do you want to do first? I always ask Josh what he wants to do first, or like you do. Do you want to go shit or good first? Um, shit. Right. Go on then, you can be first. Right. And this, the, my first shit is actually not, is good, but Bath, <laughs> right? But Bath 
winning at Gloucester and scoring six tries is obviously good. Hmm. But it's so shit that they can't do that normally. And it really, really annoys me. Well, the rumour is Blackadder's on his way, isn't there? Yeah, that's, I think that's more than a rumour. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, they are the most schizophrenic team in rugby that I can think of. There's and no it, one like them. Yeah, because they've had some... I remember we've said some weeks that... That, that Blackadder was basically turning them into Crusaders. That they'd, they'd absorb yeah. all this pressure and sneak wins and they had this kind of core to them. Then that all went off the rails. Then they do this kind of six-try hammering some weeks. Yeah. They lost to Newcastle by a point at home. That's why Newcastle's get... point difference is so terrible because they, they've snuck loads and loads of wins and then had a yeah. few pastings. So it's a funny, funny season for them as well, yeah. Yeah, so I find Bath really peculiar, you know, and I think when you look at the money they've invested in those squads... And, you know, unofficially, you know, without wishing to be litigious. <laughs> um, you know, sort of salary cap. Did you just send some more people to hang around, you know, under-10s mini rugby in South Wales and see what else they can pick up? That's <laughs> exactly. Never mind the money. You know, and I just think if you've got a squad of players like that, you should be performing better than they are. So they've got, I well, it, and The thing is, they've not, I've not heard this week, but they've not signed any megastars. Either Will Chudley's coming from Exeter, who is solid enough. yeah. You've got him and Cook now, basically. So Chudley will do all right, then Cook will come on and just punch somebody or get himself sent off. And it's just... <laughs> but also the big, you know, I think that you, you tend to see this with clubs where the club owners hold not just the purse strings, but the reins and they are in charge of recruitment. And you can spot those sort of chief execs and MDs and club owners because they just tend to buy star players because it's like a little toy. Have you so, seen... You know, the, you're not big into football, are you? Not are massively. You? Have you ever... In fact, not massive. That's a complete lie. No. <laughs> there's a there's a fantastic documentary for anybody who is into football. In fact, just for sports documentary anyway, called The Five-Year Plan about Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. When Flavio Briatore and um, the Indian businessman as well took over QPR when Ian Dowie was right. in charge with a five-year plan to get them to win the Premier League. And Briatore would literally just stand in the stand in the stand in the director's box, going, "If he doesn't take that striker off for the next ten minutes, I'm sacking him on Monday morning." <laughs> and he used to. That's what he used to. <laughs> and it's probably not as bad as that, but it's some. It's it's within that ballpark of people, isn't it? That basically it has to go the way they want it to go, otherwise, because it is literally their ball, and they're going to take it home. So, yeah. And if you know, if you want to have fun with your money, go you know buy Alton Towers, because you can change that. <laughs> Every couple of days, do what you like, but you can't you bring the Thunder Looper back and everything. Yeah, exactly. Thunder Looper back in, you know, with Nemesis and steep enough, all that. <laughs> but you know, rugby teams they don't work like that. No, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. The five-year plan about QPR is very worth worth a watch, just simply yeah, for the for the soap opera of it all. It's hilarious. That sounds fab. Uh, what have we got? Shit from Twitter. Ian McGill got in touch. A regular listener. Hello, Ian. He said, shit is the way that Glasgow play, played rugby. He said, but also good is the way Glasgow played rugby. There we go. And he said, also That's... good is Newcastle. He lives in New... He's Scottish here. He lives in Newcastle, I think. He said, also good is Newcastle making a playoff for the first time ever. Watching it in an Italian restaurant in Newcastle with Sophia, my girlfriend, uh, both watching and going crazy. There's no need to brag so much about having a girlfriend, Ian. No, you know, or you know eating Italian food. Or even Italian. That. You know, yes, all right. I've had pasta. Yeah. Isn't it, look, you know, your perfect life is a wonderful thing, okay? But you don't need to just basically rub all of our noses in it. I can buy Passata 
from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I could drink it no direct. To... I drink it direct from the can. Exactly. But I can no buy it if I want. No need to brag, son. What else have we got? That shit. Uh, speaking of Haskell, Tom Dare got in touch. This is a good point, actually. He said, Haskell, uh, recent return from a ban from an horrendous high tackle on Jamie Roberts. Yes, in case we forget that. Yeah. Invading an interview with another player, as I've already played, to claim live on television that him getting dinged for another high tackle means the game's gone soft. This is in the same week that Rob Horn had to retire with nerve damage. That's a really good point. <laughs> that does kind of highlight the whole right. situation. You but, know, and that, tell is... Rob Horn that you don't need high tackle regulations. <laughs> Was it in his neck? I don't know enough about the situation with Rob Hall. I don't, you know, if I'm honest, I don't either. Well, and I sort of looked into I'm it. I'm guessing week. nerve damage is something to do with the spine. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have thought so. What else? Have yeah, we I'd have thought so. What have we Can I give you one more shit? Go on, go. Shit. Go on, go. Right. And it is players substitute warming up on the field of play, right? <laughs> and it's been good. I'm, I'm giggling, ladies and gentlemen, because Paul's already gone off a bit about this before we started recording, I, so I'm waiting I for him to rev up again. <laughs> It might be because I'm a little bit OCD. I don't like stuff on the field if you're not playing. So don't do your warm-up. Anyway, on the weekend, Lackey Turner scored a 50-metre try for the for Exeter. It was wonderful. Beautiful and angle he just followed by a beautiful through step, a couple yeah. of boys in, like, padded tracksuits. <laughs> right? Holding, like, you know, a tackle bag. Was, get off the field. If, and if that was in the right, you don't get that in golf where you've got someone, I don't know, you haven't got someone hitting a wedge into a green and going, oh, boys, can you move off? Oh, no, we can't. We're practicing our chipping. Get off. You're not <laughs> supposed to be on that green. Why is Get that, off. Why is that a glass and when you're like the third on the bill and the headliner comes on and starts like tuning up? It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. I'm just, I'm just getting ready to go on. The New World tent in bin lids together. <laughs> Get off. Uh, no one says to that even when you're actually on. Never mind when somebody else is <laughs> trying to do something. Yeah, so that annoys me. I was at the Download Festival one year, and there was. If you've ever been to Download, there's the main stage, and then there's the little one kind of in front of it. And basically, yeah. um, Bullet for My Valentine were on the second stage headlining, and they were about halfway through their first song, and then the main stage was Rage Against the Machine, and Rage Against the Machine fired up, and they were so fucking loud. <laughs> Bullet for My Valentine couldn't really be heard, and massively oh, saw their ass. Some of the funniest it, things I've ever seen. Turn it down. Fuck you, what do we <laughs> Yeah, anyway, what else we got this shit from Twitter? Dave Garrett got in touch. He said, both shit and good in the same game is Gareth Anscombe. Brilliant with the ball in hand, but kicking from hand and in defence, not so good. Where do you stand on him as a Wales player? Do you know, it's weirdly, he's been very good this season. Um, and I th- I think a lot of it's to do with the fact that Blues have, have come together as a squad in the last sort of eight months. And I wasn't sure about Gareth Hanscombe, not that he'll care or about that. <laughs> I, but, you know, he, he didn't sort of fit in particularly. We didn't know whether he was a 15 or a 10. But he's been fantastic the last three or four months. And I'd say that he's probably going to start in that 10 position on the tour with Patchell behind him. I think um, he's played so well that I think he'll be first choice. And do you think that's a kind of long-term thing then now? Was a kind of, we think you're the guy and get on with this sort of thing? Cause... I don't know whether... Long-term is tricky because, of course, Dan Bigger is now... Northampton, isn't he? Yeah, but he's still he's still eligible to play for Wales with the, with the cap rule. But whether or not... Warren Gatlin will still pick him as that first choice remains to be seen. But I think Gareth Anscombe, he's been playing very smoothly. You know, his running game's always been good. His passing game's always been very good. His goal kicking is a little bit patchy. 
But um, yeah, I, I think it remains to see. No, I don't. I don't think anyone's. I'm guessing Harper has to play if he's playing ten, doesn't he? Right. You know that. You know it, that boy's goal kicking is eighty five percent plus, regardless of weather and whatever. So yeah, that boy's got to play. And then finally, for shit, Tom Gorman got in touch on Twitter. Hello, Tom. Uh, Art Blood and Mud. And he said, shit is Austin Healy explaining how difficult drop goals in wet conditions are by comparing it by trying to hit a golf ball out of long grass with a three wood. And he says, and they say rugby has an accessibility issue. in terms. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody's watching obviously understands golf, don't they? Yeah. And if they don't understand that, then you say, oh, but it's like fencing. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like croquet. So you're trying yeah, to get yeah. a, a, a whatever it is, a yeah. rebound and, in croquet. Yeah. I'm, I'm not laughing about croquet. And then, then it's like sort of um, breeding parakeet. <laughs> you know, it's how niche you're going to get, you know. Yeah. Do you know, really, it is one of my bugbears, actually, people comparing rugby, you know, actions and sort of analogising with um, with golf. Yeah. Does that happen a lot? That, That's, I've never really heard it that much. It sounds yeah, like you've I, got a long history getting pissed yeah, off with I it. Notice, I quite like I that. I notice it a lot. <laughs> Yes, you you see that a lot. They'll say like, "Oh, there's a you know, there's a twenty five yard um, penalty. It's just a, it's just a mere wedge." That's just don't, a lot of people don't know what wedges are. Hashtag this is not golf. Exactly. <laughs> let yeah. let the word go forth from here. I agree with that. I really agree with that. Sweet, well said, that man, woman. What have, what have we got as good? Um, Bath bites got in touch, and he said, "Good was Alec Brew." He said, but I like the way he's put this, he said, it was a beast of performance, playing like he'd inhaled a line of Weetabix before the game. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's very good. You got any good there, Paul? Yeah, I think my, I sort of touched on it earlier, but, um, and it's Welsh-centric again, you know, I do live here, see me. But Judgment Day was a massive success in Wales, commercially. Mm. Uh, 62,338 people turned up. And, you know, it just goes to show you'll never please anyone, right? You know, the first sort of run out of Judgment Day, about eight people went. The second year, about 16 went. And now it's nearly a sellout and people still aren't happy. You know, now, right? And now, you know, now the whinge is, oh, it's at the wrong part of the season. The matches don't matter anymore. Right, you never keep everyone happy. As far as I can Well, it mattered enough for 62,000 people to buy a ticket to go and watch it. So that's, Correct. It's a strange right. argument, that is. And they're all paying the same money, right? And as far as I'm concerned, you know, there's this there's this issue. Funny, I've put it in my Rugby World article for this month. There's this issue in rugby that 40-year-old white men think that the game is just aimed at them. Um. Mm. And that clearly isn't a big enough market. Otherwise, rugby clubs wouldn't be struggling for attendances and money. Mm. And children and women, they are the core markets, you know, and they are the growth markets. You know, this this idea that it's just about 40-year-old blokes going down there. If, they, if there were enough of those, you wouldn't see, you know, teams struggling so hard for new sort of marketing ventures and new ways of branding stuff. You know, Bristol Bears being another classic example. So a load of people whinging about that online. It's not aimed at you. It's aimed at like eight, nine, ten-year-old kids who can buy into Bristol and in the next 10 or 15 years, hopefully, come through and remain Bristol fans. You know, these 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 measures aren't aimed at normal, old-school, old-fashioned rugby audiences. So it winds me up a bit. Yeah, and also they're not going to leave. probably tell. That's the thing. You, know, this, you moan like hell about it, but actually it's like, yeah, but you're going to keep watching, aren't you? 
and making yeah. decisions for people. You're, you're going to mold like we do, like I do. Yeah. But I will keep watching. Things piss me exactly. off at rugby all the time, but I keep watching. You know, it's kind of, you know, I'm still going to be, I'm still buying the subscriptions. You know, I'm still going to games. Exactly. You know, and the everyone moans about women. Going to watch these games. <laughs> where stop. Everyone pink. moans about women. <laughs> Nobody you know, know, Northern comedy there. Everyone moans about women. <laughs> right, do you know, the pink cowboy hat brigade, right, they're called in Wales. I don't know why they wear pink cowboy hats. I don't know what that says for a start. But what, I don't know what the link is to rugby. Why it's pink or why it's a cowboy hat. Anyway, but they do go. And they pay their money, you know. They've got as much right to go there as anyone else has. And do you know what? They whinge a lot less, those people uh, wearing those pink hats, than some of the people on Twitter. The other so thing I, is, is that the, it probably wouldn't... Would it, would it be sold out without them? That's the other thing you wouldn't. forget. There's this assumption that there's this army of 40,000 white, 40-odd-year-old men what? who are all being usurped by people who... Yeah, like, that well, can't get in. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> it's not, is it? So... Yeah, there we are. Little rant over. There you go. Well done, see? Helps yeah, you to come in, doesn't it? Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Josh's spirit is here. Exactly. Um, what else have we got that's good? Steve, Steve Alley Overly got in touch, and that's an Italian, I believe. Um, so sorry for my pronunciation. He said that shit was... Oh, it's good, sorry. He said, I don't know if you've seen it, but good to me this week was Carlo Canna in Zebri's victory over Treviso. He attacked the line at almost every carry, won a turnover like a good seven, and he has the most turnovers by a back in the competition. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I That's do like Carlo. Stat. That's a very good I stat. like Carlo. I like Carlo Kanner. Yeah. But again, great... not very trusted, I don't think. He's kind of no. ended up back on the bench, hasn't he? Yeah. But that's the, you know, I think everyone's looking for stable tens now, aren't they? And you, you, well, know, you the... think what Italy have been through. Well, yeah. after Dominguez, they just went from one, they just lurched from one. You know, the Kelly Haimoni years of no one wants to visit them again, do they? No, no. God, do you remember the goal kicking percentage with that lad? <gasps> Unbelievable. It was about 14%. You have Kelly Haimoni, and that, who was that lad at Scrum Half? He looked like Predator, had Predator's hair. Poor Griffin. Oh, yeah. Poor, and, uh, yeah, Griffin, yeah. And then he said Nick Griffin then. Jesus. <laughs> no, it wasn't him, but yeah. yeah Griffin, yeah. Nick Griffin yeah. could uh, pass the ball more quickly, I think. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was uh, good from you. Thank you very much. Uh, Tommy Roger said, got in touch and said that this tweet from Newcastle Falcons is in the good, and this is a blinder. Newcastle Falcons tweeted not long after the Leicester game, man of the match go to the unfortunate lad working at the petrol station on the outskirts of Leicester when our team bus pulled up to load up with beer. Well played, that man. This oh, I love it. <laughs> you can just imagine, can't you? Oh, God. Yeah, they come. Yeah, is this all the beer you've got? <laughs> How much have you got in the back? Yeah. Yeah. Go get it. <laughs> yeah, just oh, keep it coming. Yeah, do you know it is a shame that the Leicester haven't, in Wales, Leicester aren't a particularly popular team because they've sort of kicked the scarlets out of many a competition. Well, they're not the a Oshkins. very popular team apart from in Leicester. They're not a popular yeah, team anywhere. I know, but it's I, I, I'm a big fan of Leicester rugby. You know, they, they, they're so consistent. Except this but, season. Except this season. <laughs> I know. I know. Just shows it's you the you know, throwing out two coaches in the space of 12 months doesn't solve your problem. Isn't that remarkable? It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't solve your recruitment issues. It doesn't solve the fact no. you've got no back row to speak of. Exactly. Well, I like Brendan O'Connor, actually. He's a good player. But, um... Well, yeah. Uh, right, what else have we got that's good? Well, speaking of good and speaking of Newcastle, Nicky Gonover. Oh, my God. He's not good. He's God. <laughs> that lad. God never. I tell you what, he's... 
it's it, it's just it's you know it's such a shame like with all these sort of Pacific Island players that they just haven't had the test careers that you know if he'd have been playing for the All Blacks or England or he's so good man and you look how strong he is his bottom half I dread to think what he squats oh. but you look at the size of his thighs and his and his ass I swear <laughs> on you right his ass is unbelievable no wonder you can't tackle him. Yeah, you know, imagine trying to get your arms. High, it's like George North, isn't it? Trying to get your arms around them thighs. It's just ridiculous. Right, it's like tackling a dinosaur. You just can't get your arms around the bottom. He's just that. Hell- I mean, it's interesting. A lot of people are making a big point about, oh, Leicester let him go. Well, isn't that unbelievable? It's like, yeah, but there's no guarantee you'll do the same next season, you know. He is 34 no. years old. You know, it could. I think time can catch up with you quickly yeah. at this stage. But he looks so fit. Oh, yeah. I mean, Still, it may not do, just, but I think it's just, you know, temperate with yeah. the fact that, you know. At some point, you can tell when Leicester faces. let him go. You know, it's well, not... exactly. But you can tell with their faces is when they start getting cheeks, <laughs> jowls. That's, that's when you know the body fat's creeping up. Well, like Tamafuna, who's all jowls and folds, full stop. Exactly. Well, some of them get away with it. You look at Waldron. You know, man alive. That's you know, that's a proper double chin. But you, you couldn't stop that boy from carrying for love the Tommy. money. Chubby Tommy, man, what it, a carry! And it was accentuated by the incredibly tight chin strap, wasn't it? On the on the yeah, calf. that didn't help. <laughs> it's like remember, like remember, you don't see it much anymore. Remember when old women used to have that? It looked like orange foam when they were wearing tights. <laughs> Do you remember that on yes. the bottom? You don't see that much anymore. It, that sort of similar effect. Sort of like <laughs> what else have we got that's good? Now, some people say this was shit, but I thought I think it's the best thing I've seen in rugby for quite some time. Did you see Baptiste Saran's batshit reverse pass? For both it was like on Quaid Cooper on ice or Crystal Man. <laughs> it's just like, what? Well, one, I love you for doing it because that's just so yeah. crazy. But there was no need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Define need, Baptiste would say. Define he, need, he would say, as he leans back in his chaise long. And... <laughs> but he was facing the right way to pass it off his proper hand, just, is what I'm saying. Oh, fuck it, I'm doing this. <laughs> yes, I'm just doing it. I'm going to throw it 50 yards over everyone. It was, it was 50 our... yards over the guy's head, never mind. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I saw you tweet that earlier. That was fantastic. Oh, that was what so was funny. Thinking? All I could think was, you know, the whistle had gone. He knew he had advantage. I thought, I'll just try this. <laughs> but there's no need. But, you know, it's only when you see stuff like that and you see people like him, you realise how few of them there are now. No. You know, these people just think, you know, like a Mark Ring type. just like, fuck it, I'm oh, trying this. Man. You know what I mean? It's kind no. of, I mean, Mark Ring, yeah. you know. He's a divisive character, but the fact that you just don't see them anymore, do you? No, exactly. I'm doing this regardless <laughs> what you I think. I don't care yeah. what anyone never, thinks this is happening. It didn't actually zoom in on many people in his team after that immediately happened, because I'd love to see all the, the, the looks he was probably getting. Or maybe not, they just went, oh, it's Baptiste, yeah. Yeah, she's got, oh, oh they, they were probably thinking, oh, what? And then he threw an interception at some point, then he did a glorious break and chipped it forward for a try. He's, just, he's, he's that know, sort of boy, isn't he? he is, That's yeah. why I love him. I think France have given up on him, I think. Machineau's out for the final, though, isn't he? That's the really... That's he's, real he's probably been one of the... Well, he's in for a shout for the best player in Europe this year. And now he's yeah. not going to play in the best, biggest game in Europe, which is a real and You know what? I think he's probably, as you know, as much as I like Aaron Smith, I think he's probably the best scrum half in the world at the moment. I think you know, he Ma- on this Marie's season. running close, but he's... Since January, he's, I'd say he's definitely there. He's yeah. playing really well, that lad. Uh, what else have we got? Have you got any more good, Paul? I, I no, I haven't it? really. I, that was sort of all my my goodness, uh, goodness. <laughs> well, well, a few more from dry. Twitter before we fa- we finish. Matt H got in touch on Twitter. Thanks for getting in touch. He's, 
another Haskell one. I got so much Haskell stuff today. He said, good, was James Haskell barely able to hide his disbelief at the lack of teams clamouring to sign him? I'm sure he'll end up somewhere, but it is odd, isn't it, that he's not been signed up yet? It is odd. And there are a couple of those. I mean, Jeff Haskell's another one at the Ospreys. Mm. So with um, North coming in, you know, he's without a contract. And these aren't, you know, average players. They're players who could do massive jobs, particularly for the likes of Bristol, who were mm. coming up. You know, mm. why Why they wouldn't they, want I mean, to see the James Haskell fairly full, though, isn't it, Bristol? That's well, it thing. is. I know. Uh, Robbie Owen got in touch on Twitter, and he said, Hi, Robbie. He's been on the pod before. Hello, Robbie. He said, Shit was Zane Kirshner, who understands so little about rugby, it's only a shit haircut that tells me he isn't actually some quadruped stray plucked from a Newport park and plonked into a dragon shirt five minutes before kickoff. Yeah, he said to he stand has... out, uh, to be standout shit in this Dragons team is quite some going. <laughs> Do you know, to be fair to Zane Kirshner, he's playing in a different position every week. <laughs> right? If, honestly, if you watch the Dragons, so he's played 10, he's played the 12, 13, 15 wing. They've probably got a Tom Bowler in the changing room before. Come on, Zane. Yeah, Get your hand in the there and, and pick, yeah, pick something out. Exactly. So I feel a little bit sorry for him. You know, he's um, he's been moved around, but he hasn't had the greatest of seasons. No, that's, he hasn't. That's, uh, uh, Accurate J- assessment. Jay Wood got in touch on Twitter and he said, "Good is yeah, this is too actually." John Muldoon's farewell at game at Connacht was this weekend. That was amazing. And yeah, and you know, you know, I haven't got time to do it now. But you know, you think about people who just embody an entire club. Yeah, he's he's one. There's others you can yeah. probably think of as well. But he's yeah. um, but yeah, and you know, those scenes when he when they won that year will never be forgotten. Not for me, I'm not a Connacht fan, but it was. It was it was what really good sport should be about in my yeah, mind. Yeah, totally. And you know, and and, and it almost goes beyond that because you can think of a lot of one club players who've had test careers. So, say for instance, mm, Sam Warburton. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's a one club player, but you wouldn't say his best days were with Cardiff Blues. Whereas Muldoon, you know, didn't have you know the, a test career of yeah. in any description. So he was that club. Just a, and like a real, I hate the term kind of rugby man. It pisses me off because people use it to try and excuse all kinds of shit that people do. But yeah. I think he's what a rugby man is. This gnarly, yeah. nuggety, honest as the day is long. Yeah. Re, you know, one club man. Yeah. He inspires loyalty from his team, from his fans. That's really what, that's what a rugby player is for me. Yeah, totally. No, I agree with that. Uh, fine, Marlow Rugby Club got in touch. An entire rugby club, thank you, tweeted us and said, good, is Ulster have finally been able to announce a new coach? This is Dan McFarland, isn't it? The Scottish. Uh, yeah. However, shit is, he said, it appears he's still contracted to Scotland until January 2019. Yeah, that was, I saw that <laughs> earlier. I can only presume that he's, there's a release clause, otherwise I'm not sure what Ulster have done. Yeah, so, well, anyway, I, I can only get better than this year because they've been, well... Yeah. Not even a borderline shambles, mostly a shambles. I mean, leaving aside the legal issues, they've just been a shambles anyway. Yeah, year to forget for those guys. Yes. Uh, and finally, Cliss Colt Chief got in touch and said, good for them, is Exeter finishing top of the premiership table and the points gap is still to be decided? Yeah, again, I think yeah. you go back to about Muldoon and what rugby's all about. That's what, if they could just, you know, just, if just get rid of the brand, then I could just feel so much better about all of it. But yeah, in terms of a club, community club, solvent, members awesome. only, you know. You know and you look at they you look at their spend to performance ratio it's ridiculous yeah you know you compare what they if you, you moneyballed it it would be unbelievable wouldn't it right you know you'd look what Saracen spend and bath and you know they shower cash on ridiculous players that they don't need and exeter 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 is sort of how my mother would run a rugby club <laughs> right 
there's nothing there that doesn't need to be there. Yes. Right? It's all frugal. You know, that, that's my mother recruit players like that. And How many that... caps have you had? Six. Great. Are you going to be playing much for the test team? No. Fab, you're in. <laughs> And it's that it's, kind of that value over replacement thing. How much would it cost to replace somebody like Sam Hill? Well, do you know what I mean? That's a, he's a, a classic example, isn't he? If he went, how much would it cost you to get somebody of that standard? And he's not really cost much, has he? Exactly. And their entire team's full of people like that, isn't it? The whole squad, like Lackey Turner, classic example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, the um, Welsh fullback. What's he called? Can't remember now. What's the Welsh fullback called? The extra completely got out of my head. Oh, Dolman. Dolman, yeah. Again, he's another one, isn't he? Nobody would have pinned him to be. Nah. What he was. Exactly. Value for money. Poor bugger missed out on his cap than he did in his leg in last year. I know, that was awful. That was a fun, but he saw it. Right then, Paul. Thank you for your time. Did and I fill in appropriately? I know I didn't say It's not up to me. It's not up to me. It's up to the, the great public to let us know on that one. I know. But um, yes, thank you very much. I've certainly enjoyed the chat. I didn't um, swear, and I, as much did as swear. Josh, I know I did, but not as <laughs> to much be Josh. fair, Paul. Nobody swears as much as Josh. I know. Josh is like, like Josh is like a, a lilting voice, Malcolm Tucker. I know, I love him, but I'd, I'd also like to think I went a little bit easier on the Ospreys for one week. <laughs> so God you're, not love a, you're not even a fan, or maybe you are. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, they are. It is your out. local yeah, uh, club, is, isn't it? I am an Australian. Right, that's a horrible word, isn't it? Disgusting. (laughs) Cheers, Paul, and cheers, everybody, and we'll speak to you all next week when we'll be heading towards the playoffs. See you soon. Ta-da. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.